welcome back to the podcast. So today I get to talk to Luke Spear. I met Luke freshman year when we were in free together. We we joined mechanical engineering and he he has been somebody I've heavily relied on for many different things. Um, so Luke, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Victor. Yeah. Appreciate the intro. Um got a couple of questions for Luke. Luke's a really interesting guy, um, but I just guess we'll start with your family. Tell me about um, your relationship, especially with like your brother. Yeah, so um, I, for a long time, for most of my life uh, so far, I've been one of three siblings. Um, I'm the oldest. I have a brother that's a year and a half younger than me. Um, and then a sister that's four years younger than me. Mm-hmm. And and then when I turned 15, a little bit later than that, uh, we got a surprise addition to the family. <laughs> uh, and along came Benjamin. So he's five now, five and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been a blast. But yeah, so growing up with Andrew, um, it was it was really fun. We We got along for the most part, and I can confidently say that He's my best friend and mm-hmm. has been, That's um, good. you know, mm-hmm. since the start. But yeah, there there have been some rough spots. I mean, nothing for too long, but mm-hmm. you know, you get into it with, yeah. a, with a sibling of any kind for sure, and especially with us being so close in age, um, competing a lot. Mm-hmm. He's he's a lot better at, at a lot of things than I am. Um, like what? Anything athletic or <laughs> or um, like. Yeah, hand-eye coordination, anything like that. Yeah. He will kill me at ping pong. Uh, he's just—he's more naturally athletic than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm bigger than him, so <laughs> cancels out a little yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever we play base or basketball, you know, he would kill me on layups and shooting and basically everything else. But I could just like kind of play football. Yeah, you could post him up a bit. Yeah. No, I could just like knock him over. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it got us both mad at each other sometimes. And, We'd had some, some fights. I, I hesitate to call them fights. More arguments. Yeah. Got physical a couple times, but yeah. No, it's it was always really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it like being an older sibling, especially for what one, two, three siblings, like three younger siblings? Yeah. What's that like? Um, it's interesting. I think I like it. I would not want to be. Uh, I wouldn't want to have an older sibling, I don't think. Maybe I'd like it, but I kind of like being the one that gets to to make the rules per se. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't really hold all the time, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool to be somebody that people mm-hmm. look up to. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate being the oldest, but it's also like I've learned to lean on the younger siblings too. Yeah. At what age do you think you were like you realize that you might be the older sibling, but you also need like you also need to establish a relationship with your younger siblings. It can't just be you being like that dictator. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. I I think that happened at a pretty young age just because um when Andrew and I, like over the summers, it would basically be just us. So we pretty much saw each other as equals. Mm-hmm. I don't I mean some of the things he looks up to me for and I learned to figure out the things that he's good at and, you know, look up to the, him for those things. But yeah, I think it was pretty early on. I, I don't know that I've ever really, now Andrew and Ava might disagree with you on this, <laughs> disagree with me on this one, but yeah, no, I definitely use my power sometimes, but, <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. it was pretty early on that I figured out, you know, I'm not, I'm not really the top dog <laughs> in that sense. <laughs> yeah. What about your parents? How is your relationship with them? It's really good. I, you know, I feel like I'm lucky and I know maybe other people would say this too, but I, I couldn't have asked for a better, um, situation growing up. I, I wouldn't have wanted to be raised any differently than I was. My parents were always there for me. Um, both in, Supporting me and, you know, giving, being the the law of the land yeah. to lay down some rules, mm-hmm. figure out. I mean, 
I admit it now. I didn't know. I didn't like it then, but <laughs> they they kind of know what's best for me. At yeah. least they did, as I was growing up, and mm-hmm. and they you know taught us about how to make money, how to how to budget. I mean, we had little different things that we we had to put stuff in savings and in spending, and then right. some to give away to charities or whatever. Like that was instilled in us from a really young age, as well as just learning to be kind to others and to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed. That's good. No, I, when I asked that cause when I was going through your social media and looking through your life, basically <laughs> so many pictures, I don't even know if they were posted by your parents or like other relatives, but I just saw so many documentations or checkpoints in Luke's life, you know, like in high school Luke or even pictures of baby Luke on, on his yeah. Facebook tag. So I could tell that, you know, the Spear family was a pretty tight knit group. Yeah, yeah, definitely we are. Yeah. What about um, Midland? What like have you lived in Midland your entire life? No. So I was actually born in Duncan, Oklahoma. <laughs> it's the you know the thing I'm most embarrassed about. <laughs> Wait, why? Because it's Oklahoma. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got a joke for you. You know why Texas doesn't just split off into the Gulf of Mexico? Why? Because Oklahoma sucks. Oh, <laughs> took me a while to get it, but I understand. <laughs> oh gosh. Anyways, I might have been born there, but I left as soon as I could. I I moved away from Duncan when I was like one. It was his idea to move out. To yeah, you, not his parents. I was like one year old. I was like, we gotta get out of this place, mom. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah. So we moved from Duncan to Houston, um, and we only lived in Houston for like a year. Oh, okay. When we lived in Houston, Andrew was born, mm-hmm. um, and then when Andrew was like six months old, we moved from Houston to Fort Worth. Yeah. And when we lived in Fort Worth, I, I guess we would have lived there for five or six years. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up there, I really liked that. I was right next to my granny and pappy, my dad's parents. Yeah. Um, and my dad's family is all from the Dallas area, mm-hmm. so spent a lot of time with them. Went to. Preschool. Actually, fun fact: I didn't go to preschool. I went to zoo school and museum school at the Fort Worth oh, Zoo and Museum. Wow! So, yeah, they just dropped me off at the zoo, mm-hmm. tell me to have fun. Yeah. So yeah, that was the beginning of my education. But I really enjoyed <laughs> it. And then after first grade in Fort Worth, we moved to Midland. So mm-hmm. I started second grade at Montessori School in Midland and mm-hmm. lived there all the way through graduating high school. Wow, I didn't. I knew about the Oklahoma, like it was somewhere in my mind. I remember you telling me that. I did not know about the stops in Houston and Fort Worth. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of cool. funny. All of our siblings, all of my siblings, we've all been born in a different place. I was born in Duncan. Andrew was born in Houston. Ava was born in Fort Worth, and Benjamin was born in Midland. <laughs> yeah. So, were yeah. these like location changes because of like your parents' jobs or something? Yeah, yeah, my dad's work. Mm-hmm. Moved him around a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. He's been in Midland for a long time now, and mm-hmm. it's like 13 or 14 years. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about Midland or what it looks like. Could you kind of describe it to me as someone who's been living in, like, the <laughs> suburbs and seen only, like, cities and, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say Midland is a unique combination of, like, city and country. It's a it's a large place it's you know 160 something thousand people i think um there's a lot of people there but it has a small town feel somehow i mean the 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 town itself has a decent amount of restaurants and and um there's good parts of midland there's bad parts of midland (laughs) yeah but but yeah i mean as far as the landscape around it flat mesquite Mm -hmm. and oil rigs that's it that's i mean that's your geography lesson <laughs> for Midland. But yeah, there's there's a Monahan Sand Dunes that are about an hour away from Midland, so mm-hmm. those were fun to go to as a kid. But yeah, I I liked the uh, I like the I like the people in Midland, mm-hmm. and even though there wasn't much to do there, I mean just for recreation, there's <laughs> well, there isn't anything. Yeah. Um, but but the people there were good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, I was also going to ask you, too, um, like, 
what did you well, first of all what are your uh what did your dad do you said you you moved around for your dad's work yeah so my dad is an Aggie he got his um he got his degree in industrial engineering uh, from Texas A&M in 91 mm-hmm. and from there he went to work for Halliburton um, and that's who he worked for uh, for a long time I, he did his own thing um, for a little bit maybe a year or two years but yeah. for the most part up until we moved from Fort Worth my dad had worked for Halliburton okay um, and then whenever we moved from Fort Worth he worked for a company a compression systems okay. company is he like a field engineer then? Is that why like you guys are in Midland? No, not really. I I think it was in Midland because I mean that was during the oil and gas boom. Yeah. Um, compressors. He, CSI built uh, natural gas compressors, which is the company he worked for there. Um, so so that was just kind of the natural place for him to be. He's not a, a field engineer. He kind of he's in management now. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he's moved in the last two or three years he moved from csi to a different company mm-hmm. um, to build valves for natural compressors so mm-hmm. okay yeah i was gonna ask um did your dad's like role play a role in like or did your dad's job play a role in your choosing to become an engineer because i saw you grew up playing legos which i is like how every engineer Yes. Starts their journey, but yes. what about, like, influence from your dad? Yeah, I know. Like you said, that's like, I mean, villains have the same backstory. <laughs> Engineers have the same backstory, yes. too. Uh, we bought a Lego set and, and enjoyed it. Now, no, I think it played a little bit of a part. They never, he never, like, pushed for it. Um, just, he didn't ever want us to just become engineers because that's what he was. Yeah. And to be honest, I didn't really know what my dad did um, for a lot of, like, my life. I didn't really understand what his job was. I knew he was an engineer, but I didn't know what that meant. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I think more of my engineering uh, or my decision to go into engineering probably came from more, like you were talking about, my natural um, inclinations and the things that I was naturally drawn to. So, mm-hmm. like, building Legos and then... Um, you know, I, I've always enjoyed making stuff with my hands, uh, working with my grandpa and my dad just to build pro, you know, just projects on the weekend. Um, but yeah. And then in, in robotics, I, uh, I did that in high school, really Mm -hmm. enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I don't, my dad encouraged me. Um, and kind of told me about what he does. He doesn't do much engineering anymore. He's more more management. And honestly, that's kind of the route that I'm looking to that's go. Like I think a lot of us, yeah. Yeah. I talked about it. There's not... It's interesting, but I don't derive pure joy from solving equations and, <laughs> you know, dealing with the numbers all the time. Yeah. It's interesting and it's cool, and I'm glad I understand it now. But I think in the long term, you know... Mm-hmm. Dealing with people is what I like. So. Oh, definitely, yeah. And it's funny because um, Luke's saying that he doesn't, like, he wants to do management and he doesn't derive, like, a happiness from solving these equations. Luke is probably one of the best people I know who does that. And it's just, I feel like it just kind of validates me whenever, you know, as someone who isn't as proficient at solving different equations, as someone who wants to go more management, I feel like. I feel like I'm doing the right thing whenever Luke is <laughs> Luke is also saying the same thing. Yeah, no. Uh, thanks for that. But no, it's just a, it's definitely the way to go, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. there's some people that are, that's what they're good at is, yeah. and that's what they enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And I am so grateful for them. Yeah. Um, but it's not for me, mm-hmm. I don't think. Yeah. I've kind of been asking this question for everyone, um, and you kind of alluded to it when you're talking about building things with your hands, but... Why did you choose mechanical engineering, and did you come into college thinking you were going to do mechanical? Yeah, so honestly, from from the time I was in seventh grade, I have said that I wanted to go to Texas A&M and do mechanical engineering. Mm-hmm. That was just something that I said I was going to do, Yeah. and things worked out. I worked hard, um, and I just, it worked out, so 
that's kind of where I started. I did enter college. I was trying to do mechanical. Um, and I, it partly stemmed from the fact that I'm interested in mechanical things, working with my hands, like I said, doing robotics, Legos, things like that, that I could see how they operated. Take something that was just an idea and see the whole transformation process to a physical product that that's, you know, performing some function or even just looking cool, you know, yeah. like that, that has always been something that I really enjoy. So in that sense, mechanical was the natural choice for that. Um, and also, despite knowing that I want to do mechanical engineering since such a young age, I don't really know what I want to do after that. Yeah. You know, like, I, don't, I don't know what I want to do after for a job. Yeah. And mechanical provides a really broad, you know, range of possibilities for, yeah. for jobs after. So uh, it was partially, you know, just giving me time to figure out what I want to do and to still have opportunities to be able to do it. And yeah. Mechanical is the right way to go for that. I did question it though. Mm -hmm. Oh, many times. I, if you never questioned it, I would, I'd be in shock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, I specifically remember one, one day and at the beginning of sophomore year when we were assigned our first project for 225. Oh goodness. And I was like, I called my parents. I was like, I don't think it's for me. Yeah. It's just not going to work out. It's like, I'm going to do ID. <laughs> One of my friends was like... You actually were pushing ID. Like, Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I was wow. like, definitely. I was like, that would be so much easier. Yeah. I'll have a job still. It'll be great. Mm -hmm. I had the same exact thing. First of all, engin uh, 225 is engineering mechanics. It's a lot of... Phys it's a lot, a lot of like structural mechanics. Um, dealing with like trusses and moments. And literally, like, it's... The projects were very drawn out and um honestly like that year was whenever i started to question it too like your first year in your major you're already questioning it after a like supposedly a year of you figuring out what you want to do i talked to my parents i was thinking of doing ison they're like victor you definitely should do that and looking back on it you know if i had a second go around i might have chose ison um but i think i just chose like i was so scared of me just failing out of mechanical and me wasting so many so much time um, i think a lot of mechanical engineer like engineering students go through that dilemma yeah. of switching majors and definitely. it's, it's rough. Yeah, no, I, it was definitely a struggle for a little bit there, but mm -hmm. I think I was more struggling with how am I going to get through this? And do I have the willpower to put the effort in to make it through? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think I always knew that mechanical is what I enjoy doing. Yeah. So. And like sophomore year, it's so hard to see the light at the end of the <sighs> It I think is. junior year, once you get to your spring semester, you're like, okay, this is getting better. Yeah. But <laughs> sophomore year, you're like, really, like, five more semesters of this, or you know, it's, it's and it gets much. worse. And it gets worse. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. Did you have a favorite class um sophomore year at all, spring or fall? Sophomore year. Yeah. That's a toughie. I guess uh, we have a class called 210, which is geometric modeling. It's yeah. everybody's favorite class. Yes. Because it's. The easiest one you have sophomore year, and it's actually interesting. You get to build um, these models in SolidWorks mm -hmm. and build systems and design a product for to fit some sort of uh, design requirement. So mm -hmm. it was like a first taste of like the good side of engineering. Yeah. So yeah, I that was my favorite sophomore yeah. year for sure. Mm -hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, but for your guys' final project, you guys did like. Because you had to design something for the uh, uh, like aging population. You guys did like the nail clippings, right? Was that you guys? No, that was a different group. Okay. It was me and Michael Sides and Kimberly Salazar and uh, Chidu. Mm -hmm. And we made, actually, that was, that was just our table. I'm getting confused. But okay. me and Sides were in a group. We okay. made like a seat that you push down the handles and it pushes the butt of the seat up and it helps <sighs> you stand up. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. No, I I definitely enjoyed that class too. Professor was really good. I mentioned this in a previous podcast, but Heather Lewis, I had I don't know if you had Heather Lewis. No, I had somebody else. She was great. She was amazing. And it's like interesting because usually like you would think that it's not the prof that makes you like or dislike a class. It's just the content of the class. But she really made me enjoy the class. I took a while to get used to SolidWorks. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. There's definitely a huge part of it that depends on the prof. Mm -hmm. So, 
it's safe to say like if you had to choose between engineering career in coding versus an engineering career in design 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 that's the you would choose design 100 <laughs> percent. i loved i actually really enjoyed um engineering 368 which is oh an engineering design class srinivasa yeah yes we had this uh rather oh what's how would you put it he, 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 he cares he cares about you a lot he cares about you learning the material yeah he's very passionate about what's that called call the class called solid mechanics yeah something like that <laughs> solid mechanics and design yeah we would design all these like what were they oh, i don't know like just gear systems it yeah whatever. it was a first taste of actual mechanical design and mm -hmm. he made it fun and interesting so mm -hmm. See, i would choose coding really i prefer that's like actually what my role in the spring is going to be is coding heavy so wow that'll yeah. be fun it'll be i i mean here's the thing i like coding because i feel like you can just like write everything out on your screen and get an instant result yeah whereas with design like you can model it and you can have all like everything defined but you either need to do some sort of like fea analysis or once you do that then you have to 3d print it and worry about all like the proportions i just like the coding how it's like you can literally get it done right in front of your computer and that's all you need. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But I'm going to have to disagree with you <laughs> on it. I, I just hate that. See, the thing is with coding, whenever something is going wrong, I have this, this tendency to say, like, oh, this stupid code, this stupid computer. This just, it's just stupid. I like yeah. that word a lot. And then, you know, some people remind me, like, it's doing whatever you told it to. So, like, literally, line for line, whatever you told it to do, it's 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 doing it. Yeah. So, you're stupid, not the computer. <laughs> and so, every time I call the code or computer or program stupid, I'm calling myself stupid. And I just, it's just a frustrating process oh, for me. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, for the most part, I avoid coding whenever possible. Yeah. Um, since you're like, you're graduating this upcoming spring, yeah. which is scary. I don't even want to think yeah, about that. that's insane. What type of industries are you looking into? Or are you kind of just throwing your, your net wide and seeing what happens? Yeah, I'm kind of throwing a wide net. I, I'm avoiding the oil and gas industry. You know, having grown up in Midland, I was exposed to that a lot. Mm -hmm. And I know kind of, you know, I was given a taste of the, the boom and bust cycle, you know, when things are good things are great and when things are bad they're real bad yeah and um i just i don't think that's uh, something for me it's not something that i could see myself being passionate about and that's something that i you know i'm hoping for in a career is to be to be working on something that i'm passionate about and that i actually enjoy um so other than other than avoiding the oil and gas industry i'm really just kind of casting a wide net i mean i've applied for Everything from aerospace to, like, even construction consulting yeah. firms, mm -hmm. um, like all sorts of different uh, things, and other energy types yeah. of companies, mm -hmm. semiconductors, everything I've I've applied for, and mm -hmm. manufacturing is a big one that I've that seems intriguing to me. Yeah, but, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. That's scary though. Is like thinking about how. Obviously, the job you're going to get after college is not going to be your job forever, but it's just weird thinking about how now you got, like, you're a big boy. Yeah. You got to think about not just a location, you got to think about how it affects, like, where um, you are in relation to your family, you got to think about where you're going to live. Yeah. And then you got to think about, like, how does a company benefit you? Like, what are the benefits that they give you? Yeah, with, no. Like, I don't even know. It's, it's just scary. Uh-huh. It's like... You're making real life decisions mm -hmm. that are going to affect the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. For sure. Awesome. On the one hand, it's like, you don't overthink it, right? But that's also like, well, don't underthink it either. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. Don't just like mm -hmm. take a job because you got an offer. Like right. consider things, you know? Yeah. And that's why I'm glad I'm staying until <laughs> May 2022, which is so weird because I could picture like, Hopefully, you know, COVID dies down by then. But like the fall career fair before I graduate, or even the spring, 
like you guys could potentially be at that career fair <laughs> recruiting for full time. And that's just oh, going to be no. so weird because like I've grown up with you guys throughout college and now yeah. here you guys are. The power struggle is real whenever <laughs> <laughs> we, we suffered through so many undergraduate classes. Yes. Oh my goodness. Uh, we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a turning point in your life, but you know, just trust Trust. I think the biggest thing is trusting in the people around you and trusting in yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we've been prepared for for our whole lives. So. Exactly. And, you know, like we like you were saying, it's not going to be your job for the rest of your life. And if you make a mistake, it's going to be fixable. I mean... Yeah. As long as you learn from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. As long as you're learning and growing, you'll always be moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, something else I wanted to ask you was... I have my own opinions on this. They're like super positive, by the way. It's nothing bad. But wanted to ask you what, like, how do you feel about our mechanical engineering like support group we got? Like our mean is mean family, basically. <laughs> I think it's great. Yeah. I don't, I couldn't have completed college as successfully as I have without it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I could have done it at all to begin with, but even if I, even if I did do it without y'all, I couldn't have done it well Yeah. or as well as I did. I just, I mean, it's really, like you said, like a family, like people are in the same spot as you understand what you're going through and like we're friends. It's like, yeah, it's not just like it's not just a study school. group. Yeah. We, you know, we hang out and actually make things enjoyable, mm-hmm. commiserate with one another uh-huh. that's a big part of it yeah and you know going through the highs and the lows yeah mean is mean is basically like started out as a group of incoming sophomores from free who are doing mechanical engineering slowly added non-free members in that group who have added a lot of value to our group <laughs> yes they have. um but it's really kind of just a support system in mechanical and i like to think that like like this there's usually like you don't usually have this amount of people going through it together that you're comfortable like going to for help um but it's really nice knowing that you're not going through things alone that's like a huge thing yeah i definitely could not have made it past sophomore year if it wasn't for like yeah yeah definitely there's i mean i i think about it like it's it's odd to think about but like Having a group of people that I've just met through school who I would feel like 100% comfortable like staying at their house, Mm -hmm. like that's like a big, that's Mm -hmm. a big deal. Not everybody gets that. No. And and not only that, but they're going to be friends for not just college. Yeah, for a long time. Like we're going to be friends for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's like super cool because I, I think I talked about this with Ellie or Kyle, but they care about school too. They care about school. They care about having fun. They like care about having that balance. It's not one-sided, which yeah. I really like learned to appreciate. Yeah. And with such a large group, like you're saying, there's enough opinions and I tend to be the more like stressed out about school. Like mm-hmm. I'm like real worried about all this stuff. We have such a big and good mix of people that that the general consensus is like right in the middle. If yeah. it, if you're super stressed about school, there's somebody who's going to be like, Hey, want to go play spike ball this weekend? It's yeah. like, Hey, you know what? They're trying to do the same thing as me and they have time to play spike ball. Yeah. I can do it too. You know? Mm-hmm. And you know, on the same note, you might just see a, a message in the group me that's like, Oh, by the way, uh, what did y'all get for number seven on the homework? And you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Balawi assigned homework two days before it's due again. <laughs> I should do that. You know, there's there's a good balance, and it keeps you keeps you centered a little bit. Oh yeah, for sure, definitely a great group of people. I'm so excited to see where everyone goes after college and just do amazing things. Yeah, we have to have a reunion. You know, oh, like like a high school reunion. We definitely but, will, but better. I plan on it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, kind of shifting away from school a little bit, I I saw you went to um, a couple places around the U.S. You went to Wyoming, yeah, Medicine Bow Peak. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about that. Uh, Medicine Bow Peak is just like a little 
I say little. Okay, in comparison to Midland, it's huge. I mean, yeah. But in the grand scope scheme of things, you know, the Grand Tetons are larger than this. But it's a it's this uh, mountain in Wyoming. Um, I worked on the farm. I, there's a family farm. It's not. It's my mother's side of the family. Um, my great 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 grandpa and grandma got it. They came over from Sweden mm-hmm. or Norway and uh, you know got the land from the Homestead Act. So they got 100 acres if they would just go out to Wyoming yeah. in the middle of nowhere and settle <laughs> it, which they did. Yeah. And my family still owns the same farmland plus some more. Um, it's expanded a lot and still lives in the same house. Mm. Like the same house that they built in 18 whenever. Yeah. They, I mean, they're living in it. And, and I stayed in that house for wow. two summers. It's it's incredible to think about it, that it's managed to stay in the family for that long and that the same land has been maintained and farmed for, it's close to 115 years now, wow. 120 maybe. Yeah, so. That's so cool. Have you like came across anything in that house that was from like a century ago or two? No, I don't know. We have, I mean, we have some, some letters and things like that that have been kept specifically. I haven't just happened upon oh, okay. an ancient, um, you know, like a really old yeah. piece of something that was really cool. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, there, there's a lot of history and our family has done a really good job of, mm-hmm. of keeping it alive and recording everything really well. So mm-hmm. that's really cool. if you go to Southeastern Wyoming, I am related to, most of the population, like uh, <laughs> actually, like seriously, Wait, no, yeah. like, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, in Nebraska, mm-hmm. I mean, the Lurwicks. If you're ever up there, you know, look up the Lurwicks. That's uh, that's my fam. Well, <laughs> free promo right there. Yeah, uh, I also saw you saw like a bear there. You've seen like not. I don't know how close you got up to bears, but I don't remember. So we saw, we went to Yellowstone and saw some bears. Oh, okay, might have been Yellowstone then. Or Alaska. The closest I ever got to bears was in Alaska. How close were you? Really close. Like, like uh, 15 feet. Wow. And we, we had like a group. We flew in this little plane that could hold like three people. <laughs> and we landed on a beach. In Alaska? Yeah. In Alaska, we landed on a rock beach. In like three, literally 300 miles from the nearest civilization of any kind. Mm-hmm. Like some... some Podunk town was 300 miles away. Other than that, we were there. Right. Um, we landed on the beach and we got out and there was a group of maybe 15 of us and we walked like in like the single file line. They were like, all right, the rules are don't run. Yeah. And don't stop to take pictures because we're going to get to as close to the bears as we can. We'll all stop as a group and take pictures. So we got in this line like meandered through this marsh mm-hmm. and as we're walking through like we start to see like footprints in the mud of bears that are like huge i'm yeah. they're like twice the width of my hand yeah i'm not kidding like i have some pictures there it's an it's insanely large uh-huh. like you wouldn't believe how big these bears that's are. crazy and then they're grizzly like, bears right uh yeah yeah oh, brown bears huge. yeah they're huge and so we'd stop and then the you know, eventually, she, it's, the guide was pointing out some bears. We're like, wow, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, there's this one lady in our group who's kind of a doofus. And so the two rules were don't stop and don't run. So this lady was somewhere near the middle of the line. <laughs> and we're going along, and we're going along, and the very first point, like, they point out a bear. The guide is like, you see way over on that ridge, like, there's a bear right there. Immediately, she stops. Whips out her camera and starts snapping pictures. Yeah. Well, the guide is in the front and keeps going along. And then he stops and he's like, what are you doing? Like, I told you not to stop and take pictures. And in order to make up for it, she sprints to the thing. So the two rules are don't stop and don't run. She broke both of them within like (laughs) 30 seconds. Yeah. And uh, the rules are like that. So the bears don't eat you. Like that's what the rules are for. It's yeah, like they don't chase you. Yeah, if you step, if you stop and get separated, the bears are, might attack you, and if you run, the bears will probably chase you. Yeah. So that was a little bit annoying and scary. But anyways, as a group, we got to this one spot and stopped, and we watched the bears like eat out of this river, 
And then the bears started to come towards us. They got curious. And we got surrounded by like eight bears. Oh, wow. And they were all about 15 feet away. And they all just circled They're around huge. us. They're so big. Like, I don't know how to describe how big a bear is to, to you. Like, without, like, you just have to be there. Yeah. Like, they're, like, ones that we saw, the biggest one we saw was probably 1,100 pounds. Oh. Like, it's just a hunk. Yeah. Of fur and claws. Yeah. But, yeah, they sat there, and they surrounded us and just ate grass and looked at us. <laughs> and it's, like, the coolest, that is, like, one of the coolest things I've ever done. Uh-huh. That's so cool. Um, that, I guess they just know where the bears are. Yeah, they just know that they live there. Actually, fun fact, they told us as we were in the middle of these bears that like a group of, like a Russian boat uh, sank off the coast there Mm -hmm. and like 20 something of the crew managed to get to land there and they set up camp and they were there for like three months in this marsh and only three people survived because the rest of them got eaten by the bears. Wow. That's insane. Whenever you see a bear in person, because like I've seen like probably three or four when I was like at Grand Tetons. It's like you're in awe, but then you're also like, wait, my life is in danger. It's such a weird feeling because you want to admire them because you've never seen a bear just roaming around in the wild. Yeah. But you also remember that they could eat us. <laughs> you can, they can eat you. They could attack you. It's kind of scary. Um, yeah, I know. Especially if like there's a mom bear and like, She's got her cubs. Oh, that would be then that's, that's even terrifying. More yeah, that I wouldn't want to be anywhere near mm. a mother bear and her cubs. That happened to us when we were in Grand Tetons, actually. Really? The cubs were like a little bit away. We we like I saw the bushes rustling, and I, I was like, oh my gosh, like I've always wanted to see a bear. Maybe this is the time. A little baby cub comes up, and I don't move. I pull up my phone. I just pull up my phone. It gets really near us, probably like right me to that chair. So probably like two arms lengths away. And then I guess it gets spooked out. So it like runs up a tree and then it runs back down and away from us. And we like follow to see where it goes. And its mom is like right around the corner. That's terrifying. <laughs> that's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, scary. I'm imagine seeing, did you see polar bears by any chance? We didn't see any polar bears. Okay. Um, like we weren't far enough north for that. Okay. But yeah, just being there, like the feeling that you get is like, we're in the wild. Yeah. Like this is, this is nature. This is just raw nature. There's nothing. No contamination out yeah. here. There's no contamination. That was, that was the coolest feeling in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Is there any other places, like places you've been really cool? Around the yeah. US or even outside of the US? Yeah. So I've been pretty lucky to have traveled a decent amount. Um, I, for my 13th birthday, my cousins and aunt and uncle took me to australia for two weeks oh okay and so i turned 13 scuba diving in the great barrier reef yeah which is something that that i am very thankful for and i don't think i mean i don't know if i'll ever get the opportunity to do that again you know Uh but yeah we got an rv at the south uh southeast corner yeah of, of australia and Brisbane, and then we just drove up the coast all the way up to the north side to Cairns um, in an RV, just visited the beaches, the national parks, zoos. We went to the Steve Irwin Zoo. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then, then we got on a dive boat and dove all the way back down the coast, down the length of the Great Barrier Reef. Wow. So, That's crazy. And like you said, you were 13, right? Yeah, I was 13. And you're still, you probably weren't. See, here's the thing is, I, I forgot who I was talking to earlier, but I feel like when you are younger, you don't really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, um, no. Do you feel like you were able to appreciate it when you were 13 or did you, were you kind of bored of it at times? I never got bored of it, but I didn't appreciate where we were as much as we, I remember one time, like, I was like, all right, I'm going to buy a souvenir for my mom. And I was like, Aunt Dechi, I'll buy this tea. And she was like, are you kidding me? We literally just spent three hours at the farm where they make that tea. <laughs> like, why didn't you buy it there? And I was yeah. like, oh, we did. <laughs> like, yeah. I was a little bit oblivious to stuff like that. Um, but I did appreciate, I was right on the cusp of, you know, being a kid and starting to be able to appreciate stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. That's good. 
Um, I also wanted to ask you about Build. I know we're shifting yeah. gears a lot, but I feel like you've been involved with Build for such a long time. Yeah, was it's it been sophomore year. Uh, or was the, it, it was junior year. Junior year. It was the very beginning of junior year. Okay. Why so got you, yeah, what, you, what got you involved with Build and why, uh, do you, why do you like it so much? Mason. Mason. Kleineke. Yeah. Uh Got me involved in Build. I just had kind of heard about it and then I got an email from the big thing, list of the emails. I was like, hey. I texted Mason. I was like, I'm considering applying for Build. And he was like, do it. Yeah. You'll love it. So I was like, okay. I'll do it. And so I did. And I did love it. So I... I think some of the most rewarding things about Build is that, so for those of you who don't know, Build is an organization um, here on campus, and we take a series of uh, empty cargo containers, um, completely just bare bones, it's just a metal box at the beginning of the semester, and over the course of eight or nine weeks in the fall semester, um, the organization Build, as well as the volunteers that come out to help, uh, we transform them into fully functional medical clinics that are then shipped around the world. Wow. Um, you know, from everywhere from East Asia, China, Africa, South America. I mean, everywhere. Laredo, Texas. <laughs> I mean, like literally everywhere. It yeah. just, um, to people who don't have access to stuff like that. So, so it's a really great cause. Um, and, we're making a difference, you know, in the world. And it's something that I enjoy doing. I get to go, go to a construction site and work with my hands. Like I was talking about, I've, I've always enjoyed making things. Well, this is like the epitome of making something. Yeah. I mean, it, you go out there and you're doing a full construction project and the finished project, the finished product is always really cool to look at. And it's something that makes a difference in people's lives. So I really enjoy it. That's really rewarding, getting to see, like, the transformation from the start. To the yeah, end. it is. How often do you get to see, like, other people using your guys' finished product? Or do you not after it's shipped away? So, actually, they do have opportunities for that. I haven't, unfortunately, been able to go to those um, okay. yet. But, yeah, every summer, there's two or three trips to go visit a clinic um, that's currently in service that was built uh, by Build. Yeah. So... Obviously, COVID has kind of put a damper on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we've visited the one in Laredo <laughs> this summer. But, yeah, taking trips to Costa Rica and Ecuador and mm -hmm. places like that. That's so cool. Well, shout out Mason for getting Luke involved with that. Yeah, seriously. Shout out to Mason <laughs> Kleinke. Mm -hmm. He's a man. Mm -hmm. What's your role in that? Um, do you, like, actually... Are you overseeing anything, or are you kind of just building? Well, so, um, as I started uh, last year, or the year before last, um, whenever I first started, I was a student supervisor, so I was in charge of kind of directing the volunteers around, um, as well as just working. Yeah. And now I'm a member of the command team, so I'm a site superintendent, uh, and I direct the student supervisors now. So wow. it has moved from mostly doing the stuff myself, just sitting there doing whatever I'm told to, uh, you know, directing people and leading yeah. people to get stuff done. More of that management stuff we were talking yeah, about exactly. earlier. No, it's, I mean, I was on site today for two and a half hours and it, I mean, 30 volunteers showed up. It's something you got to figure out how to do. <laughs> yeah. It's not easy all the time. Um, I know we kind of touched on this earlier when we were talking about industries, but do you think like your involvement with Build has shifted any sort of interest to like the medical field or you working in that like healthcare industry? Yeah. So actually last summer I interned with a company called Cardinal Health. Mm -hmm. um, they manufacture and distribute um, medical products as well as pharmaceuticals. So while I was there, I was working as a manufacturing intern. Um, and that was interesting, especially during the middle of COVID, because yeah. I got to be a part of a lot of meetings and conversations about, all right, how can we produce as you know, X number of N95 masks as soon as possible? Like, yeah. we have to get this going. Like, it was a direct response to COVID and 
to really see the engineering that has to take place behind that. And, um, it was also very, very interesting and fulfilling, especially to know that, I mean, every, every engineer's job, I would say makes a difference in people's lives. Um, but it's a very easy and direct way to see it when you're making medical supplies and mm-hmm. surgery kits and things like that. Yeah. So you're like an essential worker, like you showed up in person. No, the whole thing was virtual, unfortunately, but, but yeah, I was there. They didn't quit Yeah, the whole time. Yeah. As an intern, I didn't go in person, but the, the rest of the people did. Mm-hmm. So had it not been virtual, was it still in Midland or was it going to be? It would have been El Paso. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, no, it was definitely an interesting summer <clears throat> for um, internships and all that. Yeah, it was. Um, but I think... Companies like Cardinal Health or even like P&G or, you know, companies yeah. like that that were producing important, like life-saving products. It must have been really cool getting to see like how they operate when they're most needed. It's yeah. like working at a comp- like an oil and gas company during like the oil boom. Right. You know? Yeah. When the company's like, I wouldn't say at the top, but like that's like this is their time to like thrive. Yeah. Know? That's exactly. really cool. Yeah. Um, I wanted to also... Um, ask you about high school Luke Uh, I've seen lots of pictures of high school Luke I don't know what high school Luke is like how how are you different now than you were in high school and also if you can also if you can touch on this the band side oh yeah I did band so yeah high school Luke was a character man no I mean I've definitely changed I've matured a lot Mm -hmm. um I think high school Luke was more stressed i don't i i hesitate to say that because college college has been a lot more stressful than high school was but uh maybe more anxious more worried Mm -hmm. um just about stuff um i don't know that i was really sure of myself as i am now Mm um i was i've also you know i've remained immature (laughs) in a lot of ways which i the memes yeah yeah don't grow up (laughs) No, but I think, so high school band, Luke, I cared a lot about band. I, I, I uh, all right, here's, I'm going to toot my own horn here. That's okay. I, uh, you know, worked pretty hard senior year and got all state band for 6A. Oh, was, that's difficult. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. So that was like, you know, I did it. And yeah. Senior year, I was the only, the only band student from Midland High that got to <laughs> Got to make it all state six eight. So you went to San Antonio and did all yeah, that. Yeah, went to San Antonio, did the concert. Wow. So I was pretty dedicated to dedicated to playing my tuba. <laughs> I got I got <laughs> decent at it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I think since then I've I've really figured out, and honestly, I think I've grown a lot since freshman year of of college. Even yeah, you know, I've like I was talking about the worry and anxiety i had a lot of anxiety issues mm-hmm. um, especially when i was younger but even at the beginning of college like i would stress like a lot about things that things that i needed to take care of but didn't really um they didn't deserve that much <laughs> anxiety they didn't deserve that much thinking about like um, what like like homework, homework. yeah yes that was it was school i mean it wasn't yeah, no, no, no social stuff. It was all school. It was like, I would sit and freak out about a test or, or this homework that I had to do. And I'd get myself like so worked up and I'd get sick. I was sick all of freshman year. I don't know about you, but like, I don't, I was healthy for maybe like a, to- a total of one month, <laughs> like all of freshman year. That's crazy. Yeah. Anyways. But like since then, especially these last two years, I feel like I've like, okay, this is hard and it's going to be, it's going to be done at some point, you know, yeah. like learn, learn to roll with the punches, mm-hmm. um, to take things in stride mm-hmm. and not, not get so worked up about stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, first of all, the band thing, I did not know you're an Allstate player. <laughs> that is incredible. Cause I was at a six, eight high school too. I played flute. Um, okay. But let me just say like making six, a Allstate flute is, <laughs> like one million times more <laughs> difficult than making 6A Allstate tuba. Still, it's, Allstate is a huge accomplishment. But the furthest I ever got was 
two spots away from making Allstate oh, for flute. Oh, no. <laughs> and it was so funny because, like, I, I liked music, but I think I just liked the social aspect of it way more. That's yeah. why I didn't really continue um, seriously, like, competing or playing my instrument afterward. Yeah. It's more just, like, for fun. Um, but the reason why I would try so hard at these, like, region and area competitions uh-huh. is because I was like, I get to meet more people if I make it to the next round. <laughs> of course you did. Oh uh, man. But, um, of course you did. that is a great, that's a great accomplishment. And then the whole, like, I think, yeah, in, in high school, it's just hormones that make <laughs> us, honestly, make us so was. like worried about different things and worrying about, you know, looking back at some things I was worrying about in high school. I can't believe I was so stuck up on like, I don't know, wearing a bow tie or not wearing a bow tie, like very (laughs) little things. Um, And so I definitely feel like that's something that we've all gone through. But like, especially like college, I feel like your growth from freshman year in college to like sophomore year, you're a completely new person because you got like that one year to like establish yourself, um, run through some things. You're probably like, you're obviously still growing, but it's a huge difference. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah, you change a lot in college. Mm Mm-hmm. And, I mean, another uh, plug for Mean is Mean. I mean, like, that. the people who yeah. use... It doesn't have to be a group chat, or it doesn't have to be exactly, like, what we had. But the people who you surround yourself with, mm-hmm. especially at the beginning of college, really... Um, I don't know if it shapes or defines, but it guides the way that, that, that you grow. That's a good... Yeah, that is very true. Um, speaking of that, actually, who are, like... Give me your like top, or give, give me three people who you feel like have helped guide you to that path that you want to be on, or made you a better person, and you like didn't realize it until, like right now when I'm asking you. <laughs> Ooh, that's a toughie. Okay, I guess. All right, I know this might sound like a cop out, but mm-hmm. so I think what who it's been has been. Um, my two cousins mm-hmm. that I lived with the the very beginning of sophomore year or freshman year, and then my brother, mm-hmm. because um, you know just living around them all the time, like I spent ninety percent of my time with them, yeah, and really seeing their take on things. So whenever I entered my freshman year, I had two cousins. One of them was a senior, and one of them was a sophomore. And, um, you know, they already had, one of them already had three years of college under his belt and the other already had one year. Um, and so they were really just like mentors to me, like, here's how you can navigate this a little bit. Um, of course I didn't do things exactly like they did, um, put my own ideas to it, but, but it's been really, they were really integral to to who, how I, how I approached college. And then in the last two years I've lived with Andrew, my brother, um, you know, so there was two years where I was at college and he was, uh, back at home in Midland Mm -hmm. and it was just kind of weird not being there. I mean, like, it's like he was, he had been my best friend all the way through Mm -hmm. end of high school. And I was like, okay, nothing for two years, basically. And then him showing up and living with me starting last year, it was like, wow. And having his opinions on things and me being a little bit more mature to really not think, Oh, whatever. It's just, I mean, that's just Andrew. Like to actually (laughs) consider like, Hey, maybe what he's doing is right. Andrew is a lot more calm than I am. I get worked Really? Oh yeah. I'm like, I'm like real stressed out. Like I was talking about, Andrew, maybe, maybe he gets anxious. He does not show it. Like <laughs> he can do great on something and be like, yeah, pretty glad at it. You know, he could do bad on something and be like, it's all right. I'll do better next time. Yeah. Whereas I would be, you know, one extreme or the other. I <laughs> jump up and down and, you know, <laughs> pull your break down, pull my hair out whenever things are going bad. Mm-hmm. And just to have him there, like, that's not that bad. Mm-hmm. It's not that bad. You'll be fine. That's also been really helpful just to be like, all right, he's a freshman and he feels like that. I mean, yeah. surely I can 
Yeah. You can figure that out. That's awesome, though. I feel like it's important that you mentioned it earlier, but you surround yourself with people that are going to help you like get closer to that path you want to be on. Yeah. Um, and it's cool, too, especially like Andrew being younger than you, and you're yeah. still able to learn so much from him. Yeah. Um, I feel like in high school, maybe it's difficult because everyone's still like immature. Yeah. Once you're in college, you're like under the same boat. Like everyone's kind of going through the same things and independence. Um, and everyone's experiencing it differently. So getting like different perspectives on different things is really helpful no matter what age you are. Yeah. It's been think, I mean, Andrew and I've talked about it a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. we aren't that much different in age. It always seems like I'm way older just because I'm the older brother. I'm two grades ahead. Yeah. But like in 2020, we were both 20 years old. Yeah. Like he'll be, he'll turn 20 in a month. Uh-huh. And I was 20 at the beginning of the year, all the way through June for the first yeah. half of the year. Yeah. That's like, we're pretty close. Yeah. But, you know, uh-huh. but yeah, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, I also, I think this is a fun question. I actually just thought of it whenever I was um, sending you that list. Okay. I want you to go through your family members and give me an adjective, just one adjective that is that just just describe, one adjective. describes them. Okay. Um, Andrew is calm. <laughs> like very calm. He's just calm. He he knows how to how to handle himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ava, my sister, is kind. She's stubborn for sure, and sometimes she wants her way, but she's kind uh-huh. all the time. She's kind to everybody. Yeah. Even when Andrew and I didn't deserve to be, you know, because it, it was always a little bit weird growing up with, not weird, but Ava always felt a little bit left out, right? It's two older brothers hanging yeah. out together, and then she's a sister that's four years younger, yeah. doesn't have a sister. Mm-hmm. Um, so even the times when it felt like we were, we looking back on it, we were, you know, maybe a little bit mean or yeah. left her out, she was always kind and... It's been cool, especially, you know, in the past several years, as we're all starting to become more mature, it's like becoming really good friends with her too. So Yeah, that's good. And then my mom is caring, I would say. She mm-hmm. she cares about every little bit of all of our lives mm-hmm. and wants the very best for us and will do whatever she can do to make it the best for us. So mm-hmm. sometimes she I get my worrying from her. <laughs> She she worries about us. Yeah. I'd say my dad is steady. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, no matter what's going on, like he always has like the same good attitude, the same approach. Wakes up at five every morning. It doesn't matter what. He's just he's just there, yeah. and he's always got a good natured sense of humor. Always got a word of advice. He's kind of quiet, mm-hmm. and. Um, He's kind of like my brother in that he's like calm. He doesn't get, he doesn't get flustered about anything. I've never heard my dad yell ever. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, he's just there all the time. So that's like a, you know, a rock to lean on mm-hmm. when you need it. And then my littlest brother, you know, I, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I've got a probably like loving is what I would say. Mm-hmm. I was between that and goofy because <laughs> it's the way he shows it. But yeah, but like you can tell, I mean, just in his little mind, he like, he loves mm-hmm. everybody in our family and he yeah. loves grandma and grandpa. He loves the dogs. He loves the animals outside. He loves his friend, Howie. I mean, they're just like, mm-hmm. how old it's is just, he? He's five. Oh, okay. So it's like that he just, and he shows it a lot. I mean, he has his moments too, as mm-hmm. most five-year-olds, but, but yeah. That is just crazy. Like you are what twenty one? Yeah, twenty one. He's, he's five. That's just so weird. Thinking like when he's in your shoes. Yeah, no, I'm gonna be. <laughs> I'm gonna be thirty six. Yeah, I'll be almost forty. Yeah, I'll be. I'll have lived a lot of my life. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't like thinking about that. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Me neither. Uh. Um, I got two more questions for you. Okay. Um, the first one is, what is what has been like the most difficult lesson you've had to learn in college? Um, I've already kind of touched on it a little bit, but the learning to manage my anxiety was the hardest thing. 
by far. I think I learned how to, I learned how to handle school. Um, you know, I figured out how to do well and I learned how to handle my social life because I have friends, you know, like (laughs) that's, that's a challenge coming into college, you know, getting a group of good friends. Um, but the hardest thing was figuring out how to, how to deal with being anxious because I couldn't like help it. Right. Um, and I think it's just, you know, like you said, it comes with maturing Mm -hmm. and kind of growing out of it a little bit, but just learning, I think it's a different way of just have to have the right way of thinking about things. It's a mindset. Yeah. If I, I think you can have an anxious mindset about life and then you have a lot of unnecessary, um, you know, a lot of unnecessary stress and worry. But yeah, I would say that was the hardest and took the longest because it's just part of my nature to be anxious about things. And um, I figured it out. So it took a while, like I said, but <laughs> yeah. that was the hardest one to learn. How do you calm yourself down? Is there anything you do or do you kind of just let it simmer? <sighs> I would like to say that I don't let it simmer. Yeah. And I'm trying to get better about not letting it simmer. Um, even tonight, I had a rather rough go with my 401 group um, this evening. But, like, just to remind myself, like, hey, it's not that bad. So, a lot of times I'll either go go do something physical, like work out or play volleyball, play spike ball, do something else. So I can not think about whatever it is that I'm worked up about. I would say that's probably one of the biggest things. Or just, honestly, one of the best things to do when I'm stressed out is to figure out a way to make myself laugh. Look at stupid stuff. Make jokes with my roommates. Yeah. With my friends, my family. Do whatever. Yeah. Make myself laugh, and then I'll realize things aren't so bad. You know? Mm -hmm. That's probably one of my biggest escapes as just seeing the humor and... Even the dumbest, less, things. yeah, the dumbest things and things that aren't aren't so great. You yeah. know, Luke does this thing with his nose; he can whistle <sighs> through his nose. That's one of the the little joys I have of having Luke in my life is him being able. To, <laughs> it's there's a song called "Whistle Stop." Yep, is that I'll, what it's called? Yeah, and it's just crazy. It's get it like you should listen to it. You'll hear like a, a little whistling sound. Luke can do that. It's insane, but I can. All right, here you go. You ready, Victor? Yeah. This is just for you. Okay. <laughs> it's crazy. I I think he showed me that like sophomore year of high school college and I, to this day it just i laugh so hard and thinking about you laughing makes me laugh sometimes i'll literally do that to cheer myself up you know what i mean? like i'm just gonna whistle that you know <laughs> it's so funny um but yeah focus on focus on the good stuff remember that um you know things might seem really serious in the moment but if you're probably blowing it out of proportion yeah. and just just learn to laugh little i guess definitely um but i guess the last question is what has been your hooray for today my hooray for today let me think about that it doesn't have to be something super extravagant too i think so i was really stressed after our after our presentation for my senior capstone project Mm -hmm. We were discussing what we'd have to do for the next one. Oh. And I just, I freaked out. And so did my whole group because I was like, we can't do that. <laughs> like, we literally will not be able to deliver this. Yeah. And so we met with, after everybody had given their presentations, we were there with like the, with the sponsor and, or not with the sponsor, with my professor and the TA. Yeah. And we told him, I was like, listen, we aren't going to be able to deliver on, on this stuff for this class. We just can't do it. And he could tell that we were all freaking out about it. And he said, hey, listen. He's like, relax. Don't get all tensed up. He's like, have a little faith in me. I won't let you down. That's what he said. I was just like, you know what? That's 
that is so refreshing to hear because yeah. I was like, I was real worried about that. Yeah. And it's just like, I mean, it's still going to be a problem, but you know what? There's people that want us to succeed. Yeah. And a professor and a TA being one of them is a, you know, that's a big thing to have on your side. So Which was, professor was this? Uh, Dr. Hubbard. Dr. James Hubbard. I'll keep that in mind when I'm listening to this in a year. You should do it. <laughs> Take him. Uh-huh. He's a... He'll get you for, for some dumb stuff, but mm-hmm. he's a good guy. That's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. You don't normally hear that from professors. You always just assume they want, they want to yeah. see you fail. But it's <laughs> yeah, good to know there's good ones out there. Yeah. He, he's just like, we want, we aren't going to fail you. Have a little faith in our ability to help you. And then yeah. we'll be good. So. I like yeah. it. All right. Well, Luke, thanks for uh, talking to me about yeah. all this stuff. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me course and everyone if you have made it this far um you want to what what should we have them do if they made it this far if you made it this far i want you to go listen to whistle stop yes please do and and there's like a little animation it can't it's from like the 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 animated movie about uh, robin yeah yeah yeah, uh uh-huh it's got like an animation of like this little rooster playing a guitar and like like just strutting along, whistling this. It's hilarious. It'll make you happy. Yeah, it, it literally will. So Do it. Definitely. It'll get rid of your anxiety. <laughs> Please. For the time being. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we will see you guys later. Bye. Bye.